Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Rediscover our fascinating city this summer on a walking tour from the Chicago Architecture Center, now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Our entertaining and expertly trained docents will guide you through the Chicago you've been longing to explore, from magnificent downtown architecture to awe-inspiring neighborhood gems. If it's worth seeing, we'll take you there. Get tickets at architecture.org forward slash tours. The stories of the city begin at the CAC. All right, now before we uh, go any further here, I just want to make sure I just kind of assumed it's Wednesday. It's Monroe today, right? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, yep. cool. Just wanted to make sure. A little yep. pre-show prep there, huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, it is Monroe. I, I talked to Monroe and he's ready to go. Excellent. We'll be editing that out of today's uh, download. Your Ben Jarofsky show for <laughs> Wednesday, September 16th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. Their sponsors, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, are sponsors, as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Let me tell you about voting by mail. It's pretty cool. Voting by mail ensures equitable access for everyone. Normally, vote-by-mail applications are filled out online or in person. This creates a burden for people with limited access to transportation or internet services. Disproportionately, the elderly or people of color who are among those at greatest risk from COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, a law was passed in Illinois for November requiring vote-by-mail applications be sent to anyone who voted in 2018, 2019, or the 2020 primary. This falls short of what is needed particularly since these elections saw low turnout. We need to expand access. Mail-in voting is the best way to ensure everyone's voice can be heard safely. We can help expand voting access in Chicagoland by asking officials to send every eligible voter a vote-by-mail application. So visit VoteMailChicago.com. That's VoteMailChicago.com for call scripts and a petition. One more time. Vote. V-O-T-E. Mail. M-A-I-L. Chicago. 
C-H-I-C-H-E-O.com to make sure that every voter in Cook County has safe and equitable polling. That's correct. Come on, man. (laughs) All right, we got a song of the day request. Uh, Hey, Frank, we love your song of the day request. But if someone else could do a song of the day request, that would be awesome, too. We're going to do yours, Frank. Don't worry. But I'm just saying, you know, other live stream chatters. David, David's new to the live stream chat. Um, maybe you can give us a song of the day request one day, but I do like Frank's song of the day requests. He knows you've been, he knows that, you know, you don't know any songs after the year 1979. So he's got your back here. Uh, your song of the day for Wednesday, September 16th, Aretha Franklin's respect. Oh my God, Frank, one of my favorite songs of all time, but it would be so disrespectful to Aretha Franklin for me to sing it. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, take care, T-C-P, little respect, come on, that is, whoa, I'm doing such a good job, that is just like doing the funky chicken in his apartment. Dancing and snapping. I, you know, as a matter of fact, last night I was watching uh, basketball. Uh, oh, what a surprise. Course. Yeah, and uh, but I cannot take Jeff Van Gundy. So he was the uh, announcer yesterday. I just can't take him, D. So I turned off Jeff Van Gundy, and I put on music. Uh, and one of the songs I heard, one of, one of the things I was playing was Aretha Franklin. Was, Frank, you read my mind. If you could read my mind, look. Read my mind, man. The Ben Jarofsky Show <laughs> starts now. It is Wednesday, September 16th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist, Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Legendary Chicago journalist in training. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Tony Trump Wednesday. And here's why. I'm outraged, D. Harumph, watch. Oh, outraged. my God. <laughs> I just did that for Scared me. <laughs> Matt, that, I pounded the table so hard that, like, something popped up on my computer. I was like, afraid I broke something. Where was I? Oh, yes. I'm outraged. Well, it didn't work that time. (laughs) I just feel like every now and then I should pound the table. Uh, You're absolutely correct, Ian Brianna. Anyway, where was I saying? Oh, yes. I'm outraged. Outraged, I tell you. Outraged. Brianna's getting one hell of a show today. Three (laughs) table bangs. And we're not even two minutes in. Uh, This is for you, Michael Girardi. I'm outraged just like all the editorial writers in Chicago who are also very, 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 that's my Bill Withers imitation, very, very, very outraged. They can't say enough very in front of outrage, how outraged they are. Why are they so outraged, D? What a great question, and thank you for asking that, Dennis. They're outraged because boss Tony Preckwinkle pulled a big boss move and got the Democratic Party to pull in support for a judge named Michael Tuman, who's up for re-election in November. They're outraged, and I'm outraged too. I can't even get oh. the basic facts out. I'm so outraged. Oh, outrage. 
so outrageous. I am outraged. That's five table bangs, guys. For those keeping track at home. We talked about this yesterday, briefly, and I have the feeling that everybody forgot it immediately because not a whole lot of people are outraged. And that's the problem, D. They're not outraged enough these days, okay? So I'm going to do my best to spread more outrage. Outrage. I'm outraged. Okay? Seven table banks. <laughs> Who's Michael Tuman, you ask? Oh, wait, Ben, you talked about this yesterday. I forgot already. All right, one more time. He's a Cook County judge. He appointed a special investigator to look into Kim Fox handling a Smollett gate. What's Smollett gate, you ask? Oh, I know you know Smollett gate. It's a celebrity, so we know that. We know all about Smollett. Jesse Smollett, he was an empire. <laughs> if it deals with a celebrity, we know all about it. Sorry, I don't know where that we came. Some things just overtake me every now and then, dude. Yeah, we've listened enough. We know. We love celebrities in our country. So if you could put a celebrity in any, the only way you're ever going to get anybody to pay attention to the news is put a celebrity in it. I got to figure some way to work Justice Smollett into my TIFF coverage. I've been outraged about TIFF for years. Nobody else is outraged by him. Do you ever notice that? I'm always writing columns. I'm outraged by the TIFF program. Harumph. And the Tribune's attitude is, oh, the so-called TIFF program. <laughs> Some hippie writes about it for the reader. <laughs> but they may not be outraged by the surcharge that sucks you in the wallet with tax increases of millions and millions of dollars that goes into a slush fund controlled by the mayor. No, they're not outraged by that. Only Ben is outraged by that. They're outraged by Tony's move. Yes, Tony Preckwinkle made a big time machine move when she got the Democratic Party to pull its support for Michael Tooman. And you cannot be a working journalist in Chicago today unless you are outraged by that. In fact, you can't be a working journalist in Chicago unless you're outraged by Smollett-Gate. Outraged! What did Kim Fox do? Well, we all know what she did. She took a call on Jesse Millett's behalf from some well-connected friend or family member, somebody who was related to Smollett, we don't know who, and then she kind of didn't tell the truth about it. Outrage! Outrage, I tell you! We're so outraged by it that uh, Tuman appointed Dan Webb, a high-priced lawyer. He used to be a U.S. attorney, and they're supposed to be righteous and holy in Chicago. It's so funny how in Chicago, U.S. attorneys are righteous and holy because our city is run by crooks and connivers, and we can only believe in federal attorneys, and Republicans buy into this. Every Republican in the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois believes in the sanctity of the U.S. attorney. Unless, of course, <laughs> that U.S. attorney is investigating Donald Trump, then they don't believe it in anymore. Isn't that funny how that goes? Not a lot of outrage by Republicans when U.S. attorneys are investigating Donald Trump. Then they're all, what do they call them? Crooked. Never Trumpers. Hoaxers. Liars. Yes. Not a lot of, no, they're outraged, but they're only outraged that the U.S. attorneys are investigating Trump. Okay. No collusion. Anyway. No collusion. So the Democratic Party rescinded its endorsement of Tuman, and it's pretty clear that this is payback for uh, Tuman bringing on Webb to investigate Kim Fox. That's just me looking at it. I don't have any smoking gun, folks. 
I'm like the editorial writers from the Chicago Tribune and the Chicago Sun-Times. I've been following Chicago politics a long time. Just kind of seems like if you connect A to B to C, yes, it's payback. I just feel that way. I got to bring Jacob Kappel back on the show to get his opinion on it, D. I'm sure Jacob's got some nice little spin for it. But I do believe it's payback. I do believe that Tony Preckwinkle was making a power play. And it is a very impressive power play. Yep, I'm not saying I endorse it. Oh, my God, please don't say that, D. I'm just saying as power plays go, it's very endorsement. And it comes out of a certain playbook. Think about this. What politician is known for firing people who upset him? Hmm? You got any thoughts, Dennis, on this one? Um, hmm. Uh, toughy. Yeah. What politician? Let's think about this. It's a tough one. What politician in the country today is known for getting vengeance on people who upset them by firing them or recommending they be fired? I'll I give got, you a hint. I got nothing. Oh. <laughs> I'm stumped. I'll give you a hint. Hmm. That's just this, this. I don't know if this hint's going to be helpful, but I'll try anyway. He's the president of the United States. Does that help you? Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the guy who made a career out of saying, you're fired? That guy? Total Trump move by Tony Preckwinkle and the Democrats. And this is the kind of thing, D, that I would have been railing against in the good old days when I was always railing against the Chicago machine. I would be as outraged Outraged, 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 as the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times editorial writers. Ah, the good old days. Do you miss before we had a lunatic in charge as president? Before we had a climate change denier, a slavery denier, a pandemic denier, deny, deny, deny. It's no surprise, by the way, that the front page of Chicago Tribune has a story by Lynn Sweet. It's something like 15% of millennials are Holocaust deniers. Now that's outrageous. Anyway, I have to reserve my outrage uh, over Tony Preckwinkle and the Dems for pulling a Trump-like maneuver on Michael Tuman. I'll put it to you this way. The Sun-Times has earned the right to be outraged by this because they're also outraged by Donald Trump. But the Tribune? Nope. If the Tribune is not outraged, when Donald Trump goes after some prosecutor or some judge or some aide, he'd fire them all if he could. If they're not outraged about that, if they hide under the table for fear of upsetting MAGA, if they're so afraid of a tweet, if they so secretly support Donald Trump's climate change denial, slavery denial, pandemic denial agenda, if they're too cowardly to speak out against Trump, then they have lost the right to speak out against the Democratic machine. D. Yes, yes, yes. Here's the deal on outrage. Unless you're bipartisan in your outrage, you cannot be selectively outraged. I'm going to be the, now the licensed distributor 
for writers who are outraged. I'm now going to give permits to people. So you have to come to me. Send me your resume. Uh, I want to be, uh, Ben, I want to be outraged about Tony Perkwick. Well, let me look at your your resume here. I see uh, uh, when it comes to Trump, hiding under table. Nope. Denied. There we go. You can't be outraged. Table bang number nine. Table bang number nine. We're at nine, people. You cannot be outraged about Tony Preckwinkle and the Dems unless you're also outraged by Donald Trump. As the old song says, outrage is a two-way street. I found love on a two-way street. I just had to do the old song because I realized nobody would know the old song. No. Anyway, we have a great show today. Monroe Anderson will be with us. And D, he is really outraged about Donald Don Trump, but he's not that outraged about Tony Preckwinkle. His attitude is, what? (laughs) Why are they so outraged about that? They're outraged, Monroe. You forgot. You're supposed to be outraged. Okay? Outraged. D, Hmm. I'm just going to say this as part of your performance evaluation. You've not been outraged enough lately. Just saying, all right? All right. You do do a good job with the sound production. You're looking great with the trim beer. And uh, really love how you push the get those little funny little things that you push every now and then. Always crack me up. Well, that's not me. That's Velma, of course. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, Velma. Didn't mean to ignore you. But you're not outraged enough. You did not call me last night to express your outrage at Tony Preckwinkle, okay? I want you to think long and hard about that, all right? Just sharing that with you. (laughs) Think long and hard about that, young man, because I'm outraged that you're not outraged. Got it? Outrage. All right? You get outraged about the little things in life, and then you ignore the big things in life. Okay? You know? What am I, in therapy? What's going on here? (laughs) Anyway. Monroe Anderson will be on today, and he's outraged about Donald Trump. We've got a million things to talk about with Donald Trump, and before we do that, young man from Alton, the man that Monroe Anderson finally, fondly calls White Lightning. We haven't done that one in a while. Oh, yeah, I missed that. (laughs) With the news. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Ben, you've done nine table bangs. Let's just give it a good 10 here. Give us one more. All right, hold on. D, did I tell you I'm outraged? Yeah! Oh, my God! It, that brought the thing up! It, like, did something to my computer. <laughs> Ten outrages. I'm so outraged. Yes. I'm so outraged at Tony Preckwinkle and the Democratic machine. Harumph! Outrage. God, Smollett Gates, the greatest, biggest threat to America today. Smollett Gate. Don't forget it, folks. Go ahead, D. Thank oh. you. I'm not white lightning. Uh, let's find out what's <laughs> happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. And let's begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. The governor's a very busy boy today, Ben. He was at the Thompson Ooh. Center at noon for a COVID-19 update. And right after that, he jumped in the Pritzker mobile and headed to Little Village. Uh, at 2.30, he's going to be attending a Mexican Independence Day celebration. And he will be discussing the 2020 census. Uh, we'll be giving you coverage of Pritzker's COVID-19 update uh, as soon as I get some updates uh, available. Uh, I'm sure Capital Facts has some as we speak. Uh, before we end out the show, I'll see if there's anything that we need to uh, know. All right. So we covered this at the very end of yesterday's show. But in case you missed it, during his Tuesday press conference, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker warned of budget cuts and a potential, quote, 
nightmare scenario. Pritzker said his administration sent a notice to cabinet directors telling them to prepare for the possibility of cuts amounting to at least 5% for the current fiscal year. The notice also urged directors to submit a potential spending outline for fiscal year 2022 that would have a 10% reduction in appropriations. Uh, who did the governor blame for these possible cuts? Why, Republicans, of course. Here's the quote from J.B. Pritzker. Quote, until Republicans in Washington decide otherwise, middle class, working class, and poor families across our state and across the nation will likely suffer from cuts to public safety, education, human services, and environmental safety. Uh, and the potential layoffs will make the economic recession worse. But the GOP leadership's decision to support big businesses but not support working families has reached a critical point. Yes, we discussed this yesterday. We discussed this the day before. We'll be talking about this for a long time. The Republican Party right now is dedicating itself to the notion that there's no need to send more financial aid uh, to states and cities uh, who are suffering from the pandemic, uh, particularly uh, Democratic cities and Democratic states. That's their political strategy as they head uh, into the election. Uh, in, in general, they're dedicated to this notion uh, that the uh, deficit is something they should be very concerned about. Uh, but let's be honest, folks, we all know that the deficit is only of concern to Republicans when they're talking about giving more money to Democratic cities or states. The deficit is not a concern to Republicans when they're talking about giving huge tax breaks to the wealthy. That's political reality. That's 101. Hey, Tribune, you should be outraged about that. Now, if the Republican Party is going to flip I said this yesterday, I say it again, it will flip because some pollster goes to Donald Trump and tells him that he is in danger of losing swing states because those swing states are not getting the money they need to pay off their, to pay all their obligations. See, the pandemic has had a very real consequences on the budgets of all these states and cities. Pritzker's not alone. Uh, Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County Board's not alone. Lori Lightfoot, mayor of the city of Chicago, is not alone. Every mayor, every county, every state is facing this consequence. Republicans don't care about that. So long as they think that they can get reelected, they can hold on to the Senate, and Donald Trump can get reelected without caring about it. The moment the polls show that Trump's electability is threatened, Boom, you watch the, all of a sudden, Mitch McConnell will be singing a different song. He'll be sp singing Respect. Here, can you do imitation of Mitch McConnell singing Respect? R-E-S-P-C-T. I found out what it means to me. That's very good. And by the way, folks, that was not pre-planned. That was, that was spontaneous. That was improv. So, yes, it's important that J.B. Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot sound the alarm and put the pressure on because Donald Trump won't respond otherwise. But I'm telling you, D, Trump will respond if all this pressure results in polls, his polls falling in like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. He doesn't care about Illinois, let's be honest, folks. He doesn't care about California. Whole damn state's burning down. Or Oregon, I don't care about them. I mean, he did fly in for like, what, an hour? 
Oh, yeah. He flew in for an hour, said he didn't believe in uh, climate change, and then flew out. But, but he will care if it looks like, like Minnesota is a state that's in play right now. So let's say all of a sudden his pollster says, uh, boss, uh, we're losing the independent vote uh, in uh, Minnesota. We're losing that all-important white suburban woman vote. All of a sudden, D, you watch. Boom. Mitch McConnell will be singing a new song. So, yes, J.B. Pritzker, keep putting the pressure on. And uh, we should all be outraged. Outraged, I tell you, D. That's legitimate outrage. As You've already to, seen so like challenges, that. I think, you know, in our police departments, our fire departments across the state, cities and counties. If they don't receive federal support, they won't be able to maintain their workforce. Yeah. They put this uh, uh, skinny CARES Act bill in the Senate up. It uh, didn't have enough votes to avoid a filibuster uh, because, frankly, it's not a robust enough bill. Uh, it does not take care of state and local funding. That is vitally important. All right. And not even a month ago, Governor Pritzker, along with a handful of medical professionals, a.k.a. people who know what they're talking about, you know, unlike this guy. <laughs> But Pritzker, along with a handful of medical professionals, announced that Illinois' fall-time contact sports, a.k.a. high school football, has been pushed back to the spring over fears of the potential for a COVID-19 outbreak. And no surprise here, because Americans love their football, the (laughs) Illinois High School Association sent a letter to the governor to reconsider. Students and parents rallied in the suburbs to demand the return of fall sports uh, since neighboring states are playing. Yes, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Missouri are figuratively jumping off of a bridge. We must do it as well, Ben. But during the same Tuesday press conference, the governor responded. The idea of focusing on sports, not my idea. It's doctors and researchers have found that these sports, particularly high school sports uh, and college sports, uh, without the proper uh, mitigations, without the proper prevention, etc., that those sports are dangerous. But wait, there's more. I'm not willing to sacrifice people's lives or their health, Uh, neither the children nor their parents who would be affected also. And so we're being we're being careful about it. But I am relying upon doctors and researchers to give us the information. This isn't a political decision. So, Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts here. Are you like uh, these uh, folks here, these parents and uh, others who want to play some football? Are you thinking Governor Pritzker's being a little wimp or what? No, I'm, I'm uh, I think those parents are out of their minds and I urge absolutely everybody to read Rick Morrissey's column in the Sun Times, which is brilliant. I know my uh, political listeners not really likely to turn to the sports page, but right now, pound for pound, some of the best writing in Chicago newspapers are coming out of the sports page. Rick Morrissey over the bright one, Shannon Ryan at the Tribune. Got to give her some, a shout out as well. Really great writing coming from them. Uh, and but Morrissey's column about parents. And obsessive parents who are living vicariously through their children, especially when it comes to football, who are just the glory that their kid can get on the football field will mean so much to them. And they don't care if the kid gets COVID. They don't care if the kid gives them COVID. They're going to go down in a blaze of glory, D. You know, yeah, I may be dying, but God damn it, I saw Johnny go for that 10-yard touchdown. Hooray! No, I think they're insane. I think the parents are insane. Uh, I think the people screaming to have football are a little looney tune. But you know what, D? It's just part of the time. 
And Donald Trump has gotten a lot of uh, attention in the Midwest. This is his, by the way, folks, here's your Donnie Trump strategy. Uh, I'm going to deny the pandemic exists. I'm going to deny that slavery exists. I'm going to deny that climate change exists. But I am going to be outraged. Hit the table. Hit the table. No, it's RD. 10 is my. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. The computer's like, hey, man, stop hitting the table. I don't know, D. The computer's like, "Uh, Ben, could you stop that, please? No, your your computer's very old. It's like, hey, go big. Could you stop that, please? It's a really old guy. Yeah, it is an old computer. Uh, Doesn't even have a camera. All the guests who do the Google Meet. Ben, ben, why can't I see you? Well, why don't I computer doesn't have a camera in it? I don't know if that's a age thing or just cheap computer thing, D. I don't know. Do a little research, get back to me on that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Trump is uh this could be a big play for him. He may, he'll probably win Ohio. Because of this, because folks in Ohio are really upset that Ohio State's uh, football season's in jeopardy. So Trump's making a big deal about oh, we got to have football. Let them play. <laughs> we got an Ohio Buckeyes everywhere. Yeah, we need football. It's funny. They, they want I'm all confused, man. They want the football uh, for college, but they don't want the football for the pros because the pros take knees at the national anthem. And like the college student, the college players aren't taking the knee yet. Uh, why? Because they're really dependent on the university for their scholarship and the coaches. So they don't have as much rights uh, and liberty as the professional players. So MAGA loves college football, but MAGA doesn't love pro football. Are you following me in this, D? No. And MAGA... (laughs) Well, at least you're honest. By the way, D, Hmm. again, the beard looks wonderful, but not enough outrage, okay? Okay. So, okay, more outrage. Well, let me hit my table. Hold on. Let me hit my table. Ah, damn it. I'm mad. You're table doesn't have the result i think it's because my table's loose and so like things bobble when i hit it hey you hear that listeners ben's got a loose table on his hands so yeah football man it's like a political tool for daddy trump it's probably going to win him ohio we all know that it's his best shot for michigan get all those wolverine fans mad we're mad no big 10 football we love jim harbaugh those Wolverine you know, so, fans are rabid, if you may say. Wow, very good, T. Good, you're in a roll. So now we get to high school football. And uh, they have no rights whatsoever, high school kids. You know what I'm saying? They're not taking it. Don't worry, we're not taking a knee. We're not going to do anything controversial. Uh, we're not going to talk about Black Lives Matter or slavery or anything. We're just going to do what their coaches tell us. Oh, MAGA loves that. That's MAGA's kind of football player. So, yeah, that's the situation that uh, Pritzker's uh, involved in. And politically, I think his best bet would be, if I were his political advisor, uh, JB, uh, (laughs) uh, if I would do you, I would uh, allow him to play football. Because I think that, you know, most Democratic voters don't care one way or the other, you know. And uh, those football parents <laughs> so obsessed with little Johnny scoring a touchdown. Uh, my son is averaging 8.3 yards per carry. Did you know that? <laughs> They're utterly obsessed with their kid playing this insane sport, which admittedly I love a little too much. So, D, yes, I think uh, that J.B. Pritzker, from a health consideration, 
as you were pointing out, is making the right decision. But from a political uh, consideration, it's probably going to go against him. Yeah. I can just hear and, the uh, I can hear the uh, campaign ads when Pritzker runs for re-election. Whoever his opponent is, Darren Bailey. Uh, <laughs> he, I, I can he hear canceled. the campaign. Yeah, he canceled football. <laughs> the gridiron. <laughs> Once again, they MAGA loves college football and high school football, but doesn't like pro football. So it's sort of like teachers. MAGA loves, well, I don't even know if MAGA loves teachers, but like liberals love teachers until they get into a union. I don't know. I don't like it when teachers stand up for their rights. So that's MAGA's attitude toward football players. They love it when their football players are just like annihilating each other. <laughs> and they think it's kind of cute when, you know, Mike did. Oh, God, Mike did. Oh, it's the latest thing from Mike did. Shut up. Sit down. <laughs> uh, mixing Mike Dick up with uh, with Lori Lightfoot. Anyway, but Mike Dick just did this another blast at the football players who take a knee. Let's just leave this country right now. Football's really weird, D. Football is really weird. Uh, so MAGA again loves one more time. Loves college football. Loves high school football when the players know enough not to say anything and just do what they're told. But they hate pro football. Got it, D? You got that? It's going to be a test. All right. It's going to be a test in this tomorrow. A test? Damn it. I hate tests. (laughs) There's that outrage. (laughs) That's legitimate outrage. So, yeah, Pritzker, bad move politically. It's going to hurt you politically. No question about it. Smart move from a health standpoint. I have no idea. Uh, Unless you're willing to do what the NFL is doing. And probably big time football could do the same thing. You know, isolate players, do constant testing. I don't know how you can do that on the local level with uh, high school football. But, you know, if the parents don't care, then who am I to complain? Right, D? Right. I just say, same thing I always say, though. You got to sign a waiver that if you get COVID, you're not allowed to go to a hospital. You just go in my alley. That's the waiver, right? Just go in the alley and suffer in silence. You know, you're, you don't believe it. You're against any t- attempt to protect people from it. Then you shouldn't ing- endanger the lives of healthcare workers who are obligated to take care of your dumb beep when you get it. So just go into my alley next to the porta potty and don't moan too loud, okay? It's a great porta potty. It's a great porta potty, all right? Uh, oh, and Ben, did you say something about teachers earlier? Yay for our <laughs> teachers! Yay for our teachers! I'll tell you what. If Bruce Reiner was the governor, they'd be playing football. Uh, are, you, <laughs> uh, are you ready for some football? <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Football. God help us. How about those bears, Andy? Who oh, cares? Man, Moving on. Bears. It's election season. Can uh, you feel the excitement? Well, regardless if you feel it or not, I can promise you that one Illinois political bigwig feels it, and he's the biggest bigwig of the bunch. He's Illinois Democratic House Speaker and, well, Ben's boy, Michael Joseph Madigan. Ben's boy, that's good. For months, we've been talking about Madigan Gate, the time when utility company ComEd admitted to arranging jobs, arranging contracts, and arranging payoffs to Mike Madigan's associates. And by the way, for months, 
our host has been flip flopping a boy <laughs> on whether or not Madigan should step down as speaker and chairman of the Democratic Party of Illinois. Ben, we haven't checked in a while. I believe you flopped last time saying Madigan should not step down. Have we flipped back to Madigan should step down yet? You know, Dee, I can't keep up with all my flip-flops in this one. I really can't. I can't remember. Are you sure the last time I said this, I didn't say he should step down? No, you, you're, you're saying that, uh, it, hey, Donald Trump's not going to step down. Why should Mike Madigan? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. I hadn't <laughs> Who <that>. are you? <laughs> my position is, if Donald Trump steps down, Michael Joseph Madigan should step down. That's my point. Yes, that's a, so. That was a flip flop from my original point, where I was. That was, I was going back in time to the old Chicago journalist. You have to be outraged. If you're going to be a columnist in this town, you have to be outraged by the machine. That's just like, come on, D. That's the basics. I'm outraged by Michael Madigan's heavy-handed politics, and I just think it's outrageous behavior by Michael Madigan uh, that he would be allowing Commonwealth Edison to put his cronies on the payroll. That is outrageous. As a taxpayer, I'm offended, and I want him to step down. That is what a Chicago journalist is supposed to think like. All right? So that was me originally. And then I'm like, wait a minute. How come Madigan has to step down and Trump doesn't? Trump's done the same thing, only worse. Why does he get to keep office? I, I don't know. I, suddenly I'm like confused. I don't understand. I'm dazed and confused. Great song, Led Zeppelin. Great movie. And so, <laughs> ah, uh, not that good. Mm, I don't think so. Not that great. Well, it's your okay. weird noises uh, made me change my mind. Maybe it's not so good. Uh, that's my indecision. Sounds a little like Ken Davis, but anyway. Uh, I got to bring Kenny D back, man. Absolutely, I know we do. Kenny D. We got to bring Kenny D back. Oh, I know and hey, be- Ken Davis, if you're listening, you sent me an email, dude. I keep like trying to send it back, then I get distracted. I'm going to reply to your email, so you know, don't be discouraged. You remember, you remember, you owe Kenny D an email? I didn't know about this. He sent me an I'm email. Outraged. I'll That's go my to, guy. I'll go to send the email, email back. I'll go to send it back and I get distracted. Sorry, Kenny D, not avoiding you. Love Kenny D. I'm going to bring him back for Tuesday's show. That's it. Ken, I'm calling you up after today's show. Anyway, where was I? I forget where I was. Oh, I am officially uh, calling on Michael Madigan to stay in his job. That's where I am right now. So I only did one flip-flop, D. Or is it one flip? Is it flip or flip-flop? I don't know. I'll ask Kenny D. Oh, my God. (laughs) What are we doing? That's my position. That's my position, and I'm sticking to it, at least for the moment. Okay? And, by the way, you mentioned uh, Tuesday's show. Just go ahead and throw that out there. We're not going to be doing a live show on Tuesday. I have to go back downstate. Uh, to handle some business. So uh, we're going to be hopefully getting Kenny D on to uh, give us a brand new interview for you to download at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. I'm going to ask him right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Wait till the show's over, please. (laughs) I'm going to ask him right now. No. Are you outraged by Tony Preckwinkle? Are you outraged by Michael Joseph Madigan? Don't duck and dodge, Ken Davis. Are you outraged? What will his response sound like? <laughs> I love the flyover. <laughs> he loves the flyover. Never met a guy. No. You know who loves the flyover as much as Kenny D? Dave Glowatz. But Ben, you're not giving the flyover the credit it 
deserves. By the way, Dave Glods will be in the show in about two hours, D. And it'll be available for you to download by 7 o'clock at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Anywho, the magic number is 48. We're 48 days away from Election Day. And despite Madigan Gate, when it comes to his Democratic candidate (laughs) campaign cash, Mike Madigan is loaded. In fact, Mike Madigan's campaign coffers are the biggest they've ever been. According to campaign finance records, Mike Madigan has roughly $25 million cash on hand. Boy, I cannot relate. Going into the final stretch of the 2020 (laughs) election season. The following comes from Crane's Chicago business and A.D. Quigg. Madigan controls four. How did you get this? How'd you get through the paywall? Oh, I got through the paywall. How, how did you get Dennis? Wait, I know this is smashing the fourth. As we all know, Cranes has a paywall. I can never get uh, through it. It's a pain in the ass. But you got through it. What are you, Mark Zuckerberg? If you did, mastered the computer? Well, I don't want to rat out our our good friend and a great source for uh, material on the Ben Jarofsky show, but uh, I got it from Capital Facts' own Rich Miller, the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. <laughs> Somehow Rich got through that pay. Rich, I'll tell you what, he's really good with computers. Uh, let me get through that pay. Or maybe he actually just paid for a subscription. Yeah. There's that. Maybe he's just not a cheap ass. <laughs> uh, let me just say this. Three, count them. One, two, three. Subscriptions, okay? Cranes, look, I'm already supporting the Tribune, the Sometimes, and the New York Times. I can't support you as well. And the, the reader. I'll tell you what, Cranes, when you guys start contributing to the reader... I'll start contributing to you. Is that a good deal or what, D, huh? They're not listening. How many subscriptions do you have again? One, two, three. Number three. All right. The following comes from Crane Chicago Business Magazine and A.D. Quig. Madigan controls four. Count them. Four. Uh... Campaign wow. funds, the largest of which, the largest of which, friends of Michael J. Madigan, those are some good friends, raised mm-hmm. roughly $10 million in the last year alone. That committee has raised $1 million since the ComEd deferred prosecution agreement implicated Madigan in July with big donations from the Chicagoland Operators Joint Labor Management PAC, uh, LIUNA Chicago Laborers District Council, and the Chicago Regional Council of Carpenters Pack. Uh, with less than two months to go until the November election, House Speaker Mike Madigan's campaign coffers are in better shape than ever. Between the four committees he controls, the Speaker has $25 million cash on hand as of September 14th. While we won't know how much Madigan spent this quarter until mid-October, his quarterly totals reported to the state election board exceed the run-up to all other elections so far. Uh, ben Jarofsky, your thoughts? Well, I got a lot of thoughts. How much was it? $25 million? $25 million. All right. One man. Everybody, now, Cranes. Cranes, which is corporate Chicago. All right? So they're sort of speaking for the same community that Chicago Tribune would speak for. Corporate Chicago. They're outraged. Outraged. The Michael Joseph Madigan has $25 million. I'm just going to say this. One man, Kenneth Griffin, kicked in $20 million. million to fund the propaganda campaign against a fair tax, to fund the propaganda campaign that's intended to get you, the voters, to vote against your own best interests and vote to lower your taxes and raise them on the richest people. 
He kicked in twenty million dollars. Where's the outrage, D? Huh? No outrage about that. Well, well you know, <laughs> he's got a First Amendment protected right to do that. But they're always mad when the unions kick in for Michael Joseph Madigan. And I'll say this: they have a reason to kick in for Michael Madigan. He was the goalie that protected them when Bruce Rauner and Cranes and the Chicago Tribune and all the rest of the pirates in corporate Chicago were trying to destroy unions in the state, trying to take Illinois and make it into Wisconsin, try to do to Illinois what Scott Walker did to Wisconsin. But we're supposed to forget all about that, huh? Well, I forgot all about that. I'm just outraged that Michael Madigan would have get contributions from unions. See, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is why, this is why I can't, I, I just can't get into the outrage over Michael Madigan. I'm sorry. Oh, they're going to, D, they're going to take away my journalism card. Well, I did hear I that Mike anybody. Madigan hates the Bulls. Does that change anything? No, I'm just kidding. Wait a minute. Oh, I hate <laughs> the Bulls. He, he's, there's a long line of people that do that. I have my issues with the Bulls as well. So, Michael Joseph Madigan, I'm with you on that. But let me just say that I, the phony outrage by the powers that be in this state, in this city against Michael Madigan, I find revolting, revolting. So I'm not going to join their little crusade. I'm not going to be outraged about Madigan and outraged about Tony Preckwinkle when I see Kenny G kicking $20 million to fund the propaganda campaign against fair tax. That's more outrageous, I think, than Michael Madigan getting money from unions who he saved so, D, not joining it. Sorry, here you go. Oh, hold on, D. What? what Here's my official get-to-write-about-politics co- uh, journalism card that they grant everybody if you're outraged by the Democratic machine. Oh, looks like an... Oh, you just ripped it. It looks like an awesome card. <laughs> the problem is I don't have any paper anymore. Hold on, D. I got to get a real. Here we go. This good piece of paper right here. Hold on, no, D. No, it's the card. Go ahead. There oh, man. Oh, and, uh, I'm ripping it up. Oh, yeah, it's the card. <clears throat> I mean, I couldn't find my card. Thank, thanks, D. Here's my card. I'm, I'm ripping it up. I'm no longer allowed. Oh, you are officially banned. That is a gigantic card. You ripped it up like six times. <laughs> I'm going to keep it around so I can rip it up some more tomorrow. They're going to officially ban me. I'm not going to write about politics. I'm not. They're going to. They won't let me, D. I'm kicked out. It's like Chuck Connors on an old show. I think it was called oh, Branded. Boy. Hang tight. <laughs> they took the sword. There's got to be some baby boomer out there who remembers this show. You're a disgrace. And they took his sword and they break it over their knee and give him the two pieces of the sword back. What's the show Chuck called Connors. again? I think it's called Branded, but don't quote me on that. I'm not no damn a baby boomer. I can't remember what happened yesterday. You're asking me a TV show and obscured. I love the show though. The opening branded, <laughs> or maybe it was called banished. I don't know. It was called something or other. Our host, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, that's me. They're going to take my cavalry sword and they're going to break it over their leg. And they're going to give me two pieces and they're going to send me out into the desert. 
That's what they're going to do to me, D, because I won't join the outrage over Michael Madigan. Sorry. Well, check back in two weeks. Maybe he'll be outraged. All right. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> and for new listeners, that's the noise of flip-flopping. All right. Now some Illinois general election coverage. Ben, I just filled up the tank. It's time to hit the road and get to know a couple of our Illinois congressional candidates running this season. I got some snacks. Do you have your mask? Yes, I always have two. I have two masks. Perfect. All right. Get in the car. All right. We're in the car. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. It's time to meet the candidates. Whoa. Getting crazy. <laughs> meet the candidates. And- <laughs> All right. We're here. <laughs> it's just Velma. And the production crew, let me just say, you guys are awesome. You know, I, I realize you didn't get a, uh, a pay increase this last year. Times are a little hard, so I had a whole, I know I told you I was going to give you the pay hike, and I had to back off on the pay hike, so I really apologize for that, and I appreciate all the work you're doing. Velma, and Billy Bob, and Jerry Joe, and Jerry Curl, and just all the rest of you in there. Did you say Jerry Curl? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to see if you are paying attention. Yeah. And, uh... We fired way, Jerry Curl like months ago. I saw the. Did you ever see the Chris Rock routine? Um, one rib. Have you ever seen that? From uh, going. Oh, okay, this is before your time. Oh, I've it. heard the Chris Rock riff where he wants to come home to the big piece of chicken. No, this is from a movie. Uh, there's got to be a baby boomer out there who knows the movie. Going to get you, sucker. Came out. I want to oh, say. Hell yeah, that movie's awesome. I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, well, uh, Chris Rock is is in that movie, and he, <laughs> I just did the Jerry Curl thing, and so Chris Rock goes into a uh, rib joint, uh, and he he's broke. He he only he wants one rib, not like one slap, just one rib. So how much would a rib cost? One rib. They kick him out of the. This is anyway, what they, this is what we're interrupting my uh, election coverage with some I'm rib sorry. talk. I'm sorry. I, I have Chris Rock on my mind these days because I read his interview in the New York Times, which I will be discussing with Monroe Anderson in a little while. Go ahead, D. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you By off. the way, shout out to Fred on the live stream chat. He said, if this car bit doesn't get D a job at BEZ, nothing will. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Hey, BEZ. How about that, huh? It's good stuff, man. But anyway, hey, we're here, all right? We just took the car ride. We're here. Today, we're visiting Calhoun, Christian, DeWitt, Green, Jersey, McCone, McCoupin, Montgomery, and Pyatt counties, as well as portions of Bond, Champaign, Madison, McLean, and Sangamon counties. Ben Jarofsky, we're in the 13th Congressional District, and we're going to learn more about the election rematch between incumbent Republican Congressman Rodney Davis and his Democratic challenger, Betsy Dirksen Londrigan. First up, the incumbent. Rodney Davis. This comes from the Rodney Davis website. Prior to being elected to the House in 2013, Congressman Rodney Davis served as uh, projects director for Congressman John Shimkus for 16 years. During his time in Congress, Davis has worked with his colleagues on both sides of the aisle to be an effective lawmaker. He has played an integral role in long-term reauthorizations to upgrade our waterway, highway, 
railway, and aviation systems. Additionally, his leadership on two farm bill conference committees has helped produce farm bills that provide uh, certainty to our farmers, protect crop insurance, strengthen agricultural research, and improve protections for organic products. Rodney has demonstrated his ability to lead even in a divided government. The Hire More Heroes Act, his bill to help small businesses hire more of our nation's veterans by changing Obamacare, overwhelmingly passed the House with more than 400 supporting votes and was signed into law in July 2015. This is one of the only legislative changes to Obamacare to be signed into law. What were you just reading? That had to be some like Republican propaganda site. I mean, it was from right. his own website. Oh, okay. I missed that at the opening. Oh, I was like, wow, who wrote this? And it turns out Rodney Davis wrote it. Rodney Davis, okay, the 13th congressional is uh, downstate, as Dennis pointed out. I think the University of Illinois, don't quote me on this, D. I think the University of Illinois, Urbana uh, Bana, uh, is in the 13th congressional. That's why I remember Carol Ammons for a while. We haven't had her on the show in a while. Carol no, Ammons, uh, state rep, Carol Ammons. Uh, I love having her on the show. She's a good guest. We haven't anyway. had her on since you got fired, I believe. Let me think about that. <laughs> I think you may be correct. See, in the old days, they used to have want people to come in the studio. So it was like, a big, Carol, are you ever going to be in Chicago coming to the studio? But now I'm thinking, <laughs> those days are gone. Long that gone. Yesterday and yesterday is gone. So she could just call in. Anyway, she's from downstate. She was thinking about running uh, in that district and then she decided not to. It's uh, it's a potential swing district. Donald Trump won it in the last election, but it was relatively close. And the Democrats think they can win that. And as a result, you notice that Rodney Davis is accentuating his ability to play both sides of the aisle. He's got to worry about getting some swing votes. He's got to be worrying about Democratic votes. <laughs> he can't just go all out and feel his inner MAGA. You know what I'm saying? He has to pre- pretend that he's bipartisan. At least he has to show that he's like concerned about MAGA, that we have a lunatic in charge of our country right now who wants to fire prosecutors and attorney generals uh, who don't do whatever he says, uh, who's found a compliant attorney general who's willing to have the taxpayers pick up his uh, rape defense. I'm sorry, didn't mean to go down that again, but you know, I can't help myself. So he has to kind of pretend as though he may be a little concerned, a little concerned. I think they, the way they do it is, like, well, I'm a little concerned about some of his tweets. Isn't that how Republicans do it? They, well, some of his tweets, if he could just clean up some of those tweets as though, you know, like firing prosecutors. It's, let's just ignore that, you know, firing White House aides who dare to testify uh, about what he did in the White House, what laws he may have broken in the White House. Anyway, forget about that. If you could just clean up his tweets. So that's the kind of Republican Ronnie uh, Davis is. He has to be cognizant. Yeah, that's a good word, D, huh? He has to be aware of the fact that it's not completely 100% MAGA district. So he's got to win over swing voters. So hence the emphasis on my ability to work both sides of the aisle. D. I'm a little skeptical. He's, he's what in the old days we would call a moderate Republican, and I believe his roots are with George Ryan. There's a name he's not he's he not promoting. He's not talking about George Ryan. George Ryan, the former governor of the state of Illinois, went to federal prison for some corruption charge. 
I kind of like George Ryan D. Oh, confession time. Oh, I kind of like George Ryan. <laughs> my mother, uh, may she rest in peace, always liked George Ryan. Uh, my mom, a lifelong Democrat, voted for George Ryan in 1998. A lot of Democrats did. So I'm a little sympathy for Ryan. Uh, but uh, anyway, Republicans don't talk about him because he went to the federal, uh, the joint. And uh, so Rodney Davis is not going to accentuate his connection to Ryan, although I got no problem with it. Anyway, Rodney Davis, one of those moderate Democrats, wants to pretend he works both sides of the aisle. Now, we do have some audio to help us get to know Rodney Davis a little better. Here is Florida Senator and former presidential candidate Marco Rubio hyping up Rodney Davis. This is from a year ago. Take it away, little Marco. Then you got to put your nose to the grindstone. You got to work hard. You've got to earn the respect of your colleagues. You have to put in the time back home and in Washington to get results. That's what Rodney does. Why in the world? With all the problems that we're facing now, would we get rid of someone like that and replace him with just another political combatant? <laughs> just another political. I'll tell you why, Marco Rubio, for all the reasons you cited when you ran against Donald Trump in 2016. Yeah, Marco Rubio, when you denounced Donald Trump for his lack of character, when you denounced Donald Trump for lying, when you denounced Donald Trump for his shady business deals, all those reasons. If you don't have a congressman who's willing to stand up to Donald John Trump, if he's so afraid of MAGA and so afraid of a tweet like you, Marco Rubio, the new Marco Rubio, then he shouldn't be in office. So there, I just answered your question for you, Marco Rubio. The third. Okay, and here is the latest campaign ad from Davis, putting Mike Madigan's face on his opponent's body in three, two, one. <laughs> I'm Rodney Davis, and I approve this message. Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan is facing intense scrutiny tonight after being subpoenaed in connection with a bribery investigation. Mike Madigan is the most corrupt politician in Illinois, <laughs> and Betsy Londrigan is oh. part of Madigan's machine. Londrigan raises money for Madigan in his corrupt machine, while her campaign uh. is bankrolled by Madigan and his henchmen. Now Londrigan is refusing to call for Madigan's resignation. Betsy Londrigan would make Washington more corrupt. Once again, it's Rodney Davis, incumbent Republican congressman of the 13th district. And now to the Democratic challenger, Betsy Dirksen Londrigan. Dirksen Londrigan is looking to pull a Marie Newman, if you will, and get a campaign victory on the second go around. Now, it should be noted that first last name, Dirksen, it's pretty significant, is it not, Vendrovsky? Yeah, we may have talked about this, you and I. We may have talked about this. Uh, Betsy Dirksen Londrigan uh, is her name, and I believe uh, Dirksen would be her maiden name. Uh, Dirksen is a familiar name to old timers in Illinois. Uh, youngsters wouldn't know about it. Millennials wouldn't know the name. Zs wouldn't know the name. I'm not even sure if uh, the Generation X crowd knows the name, but Everett, Everett McKinley Dirksen was a U.S. senator from the state of Illinois for many, many years, and he was a bipartisan. This is a whole different generation. He was like best pals with Linda Baines Johnson. In fact, there's that famous call. God, here I go, D. I'm going on a tangent. I can't help myself. There's that great call. I urge everybody, if you're a political junkie, to check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube where Linda Baines Johnson calls Everett McKinley Dirksen to tell him that he knows that Richard Milhouse Nixon is a tr is committing treason by going behind his back to sabotage the peace talks, the Vietnam peace talks. These are things to be outraged over, folks. 
Sorry, where was I? Anyway, uh, Everett McKinley Durson was a very uh, prominent player in uh, Republican politics for many years. He voted for the Civil Rights Bill in 1964. Just think about that, how different the Republican Party was in 1964 from where it is today. At the moment, the Republican Party's official position is that slavery did not exist or it wasn't as bad as everybody says it was. So stop crying about it. Uh, So it's a different Republican Party uh, right now than what it used to be. So I think that uh, uh, Betsy Dirksen Londrigan is no fool. She makes sure that she keeps that Dirksen in that name. So some baby boomer may think, oh, that's Everett's daughter. I'm voting for her. Uh, In reality, (laughs) that must be a senator's daughter. I'm going to vote for her. Uh. You know, people have done voted for reasons that were worse than that, D. Um, or maybe they just see that name and they go, well, I always vote for a Dirksen. I can't help myself. It's like Chicago voters when they see Daly. Uh, I got to vote. I can't help myself. They vote for Daly. Any Daly. doesn't matter what he's voting for. Uh, Daly for judge. I'm just going to vote for Daly. The hand can't help itself, D. You can't see this, but I'm doing the hand. Voting. So that's Man, not you know, one of your better sound effects there, but that's okay. Uh, okay, I'm working. Uh, hey, Vilma, can you help me out a little bit with some sound effects? Uh, uh, she's on lunch, D. Don't bother Vilma, okay? She's on a lunch break. So, uh, but B- Betsy Turkson, uh, Londrigan, I, I did a little investigation, D. Did a little deep dive here. And it turns out they're not sure if she's related to Everett McKinley Dirksen at all. Maybe an aunt is a distant relative or something like that. I'll get back to you more than more of the deep dive. Oh, wow. But I'll tell you what, I got to give Betsy Dirksen Londrigan some credit. She may have been born at night, but she wasn't born last night. And she figured out, you know, I may get some old timers to vote for me if I put that Dirksen name in there. And so she's sticking with that Dirksen name. And let me just tell you this, D. If I lived in the 13th Congressional District, I vote for Betsy Dirksen longer again. Okay, right now. We have some audio to play from Betsy uh, Dirksen Londrigan. Uh, This is her latest campaign ad. And by the way, shout out to our very own Ben Jarofsky. All right. He is finally coming into the 21st century, everybody. (laughs) Round of applause for Ben. He actually found both Rodney Davis and Betsy Dirksen Londrigan's campaign ads. Way to go, buddy. Really? Could you not break the fourth wall on that? I prefer people to think I'm completely incompetent when it comes to... That's the gag, D! Okay? Well, and I just got to give credit where credit's due. You found these ads on your own and you sent them to me. So let's play it. Here's the ad from Betsy Dirksen Londrigan. I've had epilepsy since middle school. Without medication, seizures could cause permanent brain damage or even be fatal. I've learned to live with epilepsy but I can't accept Rodney Davis's excuses for supporting the drug industry that gouges patients like me. Davis took nearly $200,000 from drug companies and voted to keep prices high and give them $40 billion in tax cuts. Betsy Londrigan is on our side. I'm Betsy Dirksen Londrigan, and I approve this message. Will the second time be a charm? We'll find out in November. Once again, her name is Betsy Dirksen Londrigan, Democratic 13th Congressional District candidate. All right, Ben, back in the car, back to Chicago we go. No, we can't go to the Lincoln Museum. We have a show to finish, and that was our second installment of Meet the Candidates. Oh, we got to get back, buddy. Meet the Candidates. (laughs) Okay, we're back in Chicago. My general attitude about it is this. I'm not voting for any Republican. Well, probably wouldn't vote for any Republican anyway. But any Republican 
who is uh, trying to stick Madigan's head on every Democrat's neck. Sorry, not going to do it. That Rodney Davis commercial is a byproduct of all that money that Ken Griffin and Bruce Rauner spent uh, in demonizing Michael Madigan. And so voters downstate have no idea who Betsy Londrigan is. They just think that somehow or other she's Michael Madigan. So that's the, there you go, folks. That there is why I cannot join the outrage over Michael Madigan, because he's just become a tool of the Republican Party that they use to try to avoid any discussion of Donald Trump, who's far worse. Everything Michael Madigan's done, Donald Trump has tripled it. There's no outrage over Donald Trump, and you cannot be outraged about Michael Madigan. Rodney Davis, you should speak out against Donald Trump. By the way, D, I got a 13th Congressional District trivia question for you. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Bring it. So Rod- <laughs> Rodney Davis is the incumbent. He's a Republican. Okay. All right. Okay. In, uh, in 2014, 2014, he was challenged in the Republican primary. What prominent, you know, I'll give you a hint. A woman challenged him in that primary. I mean, it's got to be Marie Newman. <laughs> well, at least you didn't say Ice Cube. Of course, you couldn't. Maria Hatton. Uh, no. Okay. They're not Republicans. Forget it, D. Forget it. Oh, my God. The only reason I know this is because I did a little deep. Genie Ives. Now you're close. Now you have the right election cycle. Come on, you can do it. Um, the 2018 election cycle, Republican woman. All that reefer you smoked oh is God. destroying oh, your memory. Oh, no, I have no clue. Attorney General Erica Harold. Remember her? Oh, yeah. Remember her? She was running against uh, Kwame Raul. All the Democrats were afraid. Oh, Democrats are always afraid. <laughs> you know, Republicans are never afraid. Right now, every day, I have a conversation with a Democrat. Oh, man, do you think, he can win? You think Trump's going to win again? I'm so scared. I'm sure they're afraid. They just bottle it up like weirdos. They are weird. Anyway, uh, the Democrats, I had so many Democrats come to the show. I'm very concerned about this attorney general race. I think Eric Harrell did. Uh, is that Monroe Anderson? Oh, my God. Sure is. That may, Monroe Anderson gets handsomer and handsomer as the week goes. It's that Tai Chi, D. You should be doing Tai Chi. All right? Anyway. Plus, Joyce gave me a haircut. So I know my COVID-19 hairstyle. Uh, the Joyce in question is Joyce Owen, one of the most talented uh, artists in the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, in my humble opinion, uh, and uh, Monroe Anderson's wife. There's long term negotiations going on between me and Joyce trying to get her to come. She's playing hardball, Monroe. She's, I know. she's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to come on. I'm busy. <laughs> oh, please, Joyce. Please come on my show. I'll let you know in a little while. Anyway, Monroe Anderson's ready to talk D, but I just want to go back to it. Betsy Dirksen Londrigan, uh, she's running, as her commercial shows, a campaign healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. It's 2018 all over again. And she's hoping that voters in the 13th congressional district uh, are going to vote out of their need uh, and concern that they're losing their health care. So. It may be the charm. D, she only lost by how many votes last time, did you say? Uh, very close. Looked like about 1,000 votes. So anything is possible. All right. All right. We, we got yeah, Monroe okay. Anderson coming up here. Do you want to take a break, Ben, or you want to just get right into it? 
take a break. We'll come right back with Monroe. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment in Ben's attic. Michael Girardi now. The loser's bracket. two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, September 16th is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, 
the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Vinny J, take it away. Every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson joins us, legendary Chicago journalist, Tribune, Sun-Times, press aide uh, to Mayor Gene Sawyer. Uh, for years, had a show on Channel 2, and uh, now we're lucky to have him on our show every Wednesday. Monroe, i uh, got to read your Facebook bit. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, this is some good stuff from Monroe Anderson uh, pr- uh, promoting today's show. He dropped it on Facebook, enraging all his Trump uh, lovers who f- engage with him on Facebook. Here we go. Quote, historical fires on the west coast historical hurricanes on the east coast a historical plague with 200,000 dead from coast to coast are you in biblical times should i channel the 700 clubs pat robertson and say trump is god's wrath on america for letting putin put the great grifter where that's put the great grifter in the white house how many trump cultists will come down with the virus within a couple of weeks after attending the super spreader rally in nevada last week ben dravsky and i will riff these and other trump insanities on the man screw-ups and lies of 45 this afternoon man 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 monroe you're telling it like it is i don't know how the tribute hasn't brought you back it's like oh i know we're not gonna put that <laughs> i just figured it out i'm not gonna put that out there for me. <laughs> the oh, same reason they weren't sorry to see me go <laughs> yeah they're like i'm not putting that stuff out there uh, a little too radical Man, just to start with it, historical hurricanes on the East Coast, a historical plague with 200,000 dead from coast to coast. And uh, Pat Roberts, it's like, there is so much denial. Right. Monroe, just to deal with it, there's so much denial. It's also known as lying. Oh, it's denying. It's, it's Trump. When Trump denies, he's lying. When his people deny, they're either lying or stupid. I'm not sure which one. I mean, it goes back and forth. But uh, did you see where Trump now says that instead of downplaying the virus, he upplayed it? Yeah. And, uh, and no, nobody knows what upplaying is, but. Yeah. All right. Well, well, since you bring that up, let's go back to that. We were talking about that, of course, uh, is an allusion to the um, the comments that Trump made uh, to Bob Woodward uh, back in February, where he expressed how concerned he was about the virus and said it's a very real threat. Uh, It's far worse than the flu. And then almost that's what he said in a private conversation with Bob Woodward. And then a couple of days later, publicly, he said, "Ah, it's nothing but the flu. It'll be over in no time. Right. And so it's an obvious contradiction. Uh, and so his health care policy did not in any way reflect the serious concern that he allegedly had. Right. And uh, and so now America Monroe is poised to elect him again, despite that. No, so it's no, okay. no they are. We are. We are even close to electing him again. This is my favorite part of Monroe's visit, uh, the show, where he boldly predicts that Donnie Trump is going down. Did you, uh, did you see the latest poll for Wisconsin? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. There's so many uh, polls. I reading by 10 points. When did that poll come out? This morning. 10 points? 10 points. It's 52 to 42. Who took that poll? I did uh, Joe Biden's cousin Billy take that poll? Billy Biden? <laughs> Wow. 
See, and this is the thing. And, I, but, and, but, with the, the Kenosha riots, remember? Yeah. Yeah, protests. Yo, all right. Now, every day uh, I'm confronted with baby boomers who despise Trump and are losing their mind with fear that he's going to get reelected. Right. Every day. Every day, Monroe. Right. And uh, what can you do? to help them out. Say something right now that can soothe their insanity, that make them feel a little less anxious about this upcoming election. Only a little less anxious because Trump is definitely going to lose in November, although he's going to lie, cheat, and steal (laughs) to try and try and get it, but he will not get it. He he has everything going against him, and it's all falling apart. It's it's crumbling before our very eyes. But this is what I fear, is that we just beat him. We need to beat him so badly that not only will he be out of office, but Trumpism will, uh, will die shortly thereafter. Because it's, they're two different things. There's Trump, the the man, the the cult figure, figure that they're into. But there's also, I mean, there was this group of white people out there waiting on Trump to get there. Mm-hmm. And they've, you know, I mean, the the uh, the, the QAnon movement is growing by leaps and bounds. And it's, it, you're familiar with it, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about it on the show all the time. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it is really wacky. And it's it's growing in some circles. You know, all, all this is in the high 30s to low 40s range of Americans. But that's a pretty large group. It's not enough to put the jerk back in office. But it's a it's it's enough where if we if if he's not beaten so badly that um, and then sent to jail of course um, that's the next thing he has to go to prison and I and Biden has said he's not going to pardon him. Well, I certainly hope that uh, Joe Biden doesn't pardon him if uh, Donald Trump is convicted of crimes. Uh, Donald Trump has been skirting around the, the law his entire career. Right. And but uh, there is, yeah, but there is a sealed indictment in New York right now uh, with General, Donald Trump's name on it. It's, it's the one for um, campaign fraud, mm-hmm. the one that Michael Cohen comes yeah. with prison for well uh trump is individual number one and they didn't do anything with it um because of this uh, cockeyed uh rule that you can't um put a president in jail or somewhere i mean i'm simplifying it a little bit but that's basically what it boils down to is it's a get out of jail free card for a crooked president he's no longer president but he's fair game all right. Now, before I move into uh, your an exploration of you with the three uh, denials uh, that Trump and his uh, MAGA hat wearing uh, uh, cultists are um, endorsing. Before we get into that, I have to uh, 
point out to you something that Adolfo Mondragon, a guest on the show yesterday, said about you. And he asked me to ask you this. Uh, are you concerned about all the times you've been wrong on your predictions about uh, Donald Trump being booted out of office? All those times. I've been, I've been right most of the time. Now, I've, I've, I've taken some bold positions that are memorable. <laughs> <laughs> when did you have your first show? Uh, my very, very first show would have uh, been in March of 2017. Wow. Right. And in March of 2017, I predicted that Donald Trump would be impeached. Yes, you did. Right. And I, I, I withheld as long as I could coming up with any specific date because, I, I, you know, that was like, um, as we went on and on and on, I, I definitely did And it was months longer, further down the line, when he actually was impeached from when I guesstimated it. However, where I failed, where I was wrong, was that I put too much faith in the Republican Party. If we had had the Republican Party, um, if we had your grandfather's Republican Party, mm -hmm. they had principles and were um, patriots, then Trump would have been either asked to leave or kicked out of the office impeached yeah but since they were they we have a, a brand new uh skunkified republican party and um they held their noses and made us sniff it off yeah well i i struggle uh with this monroe uh because what you're what you're saying is uh, that um their Republican Party has thrown away all its principles, right? Uh, and um, its standards—that's the word. And I, I make fun of MAGA hat wearers all the time. I criticize them all the time. I've done it already in the show today. When it comes to Trump, there are no standards, but they still want to apply the standards to Democrats. They still want Michael Madigan uh, to abide by standards of decency and political conduct that they ignore when applied to Donald Trump. But Donald Trump does far worse. And today I, I, I open the show. I know you don't read uh, Tribune editorials or sometimes editorials. I'm the, I think I'm the only person in Chicago who actually reads editorials. Uh, but both papers are... No, no, nobody reads editorials. In part because they're so removed from reality. Monroe, there's... And also it's just people... You know, when I became press secretary... Yeah. Back in 1988, um, wow. I've been a newspaper man all my life. And when I became press secretary and I started to manipulate the stories, the news for Mayor Sawyer, the first thing I realized is that people were watching TV. And the only reading they were doing for the most part newspapers were the gossip columns. <laughs> they didn't care about the news. And so I started tailoring my um, presentation of the mayor um, in that light. 
And, you know, and up until then, I, in 1979, um, Bill Curtis was, uh, took a liking to me and was trying to convince me to come work at Channel 2. Mm-hmm. And I was a print purist. And I said, I went, ha, 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 TV journalism? That's not even journalism. I'm a real reporter. Yeah, well, uh, you learned uh, really quickly when you were press aide. That was 1988, uh, when newspapers were still uh, significant forces uh, in terms of their uh, circulation. So the point I was going to make, both newspapers thundering denunciations of Tony Perkwinkle, the Democratic Party, uh, for uh, pulling their endorsement for this judge in the Smollett gate case. It's too complicated to even explain. Nobody's even following except for junkies like myself. The point is I'm reading these things and I'm going, where's the outrage over Trump? And this is, Oh, I know. know. Monroe, when such a, when when such a powerful voice, potentially powerful voice. And I realize I'm an old timer when I say this as the tribune pulls mutes itself in the face of Donald Trump's outrage. When the Republican Party mutes itself uh, in the face of, of Donald Trump's outrage, then I get concerned because that means there are no standards. And that means we are... Now, this, now this is the problem. What we have is Trump commits so many atrocities that you can't focus on any, any one of them. And he and 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 then he just li- he changes the lie. He lies and he changes the story. Uh, for example, on the Philadelphia um, um, president versus the voters or uh, talks to the voters, whatever they call this thing, on ABC last night. Town hall. You know, they, they, well, they didn't call it a town hall. I don't yeah. think, but they may have. I don't know. But anyway, he was confronted by this woman who had sarcosis mm-hmm. and um, she asked him if 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 he um, would have anything to deal with her illness and, and as president would he have a medical program because um, if she didn't get the medication and the treatment she would die in 48 to 72 hours die and, and she asked him, well, what would you do for somebody like me? And he says, oh, well, I've, I've got a program, a medical, I got a whole medical program for that. And, and, and I'm going to protect, protect, you know, because she was saying that if, 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 um, if, if, if the insurance companies could have their way again, Whereas if you had some some illness and they could just kick you off the insurance roll, right? Then she'd be she'd be dead. And Obamacare took care of that. Okay. Trump, of course, um, bad mouth Obamacare, mm-hmm. and then says that he has a program that will take care of all of it for her. And George Stephanopoulos. And to just, I mean, he basically, he just said, you're lying. He didn't use the word lying, but he said, um, you don't have a program. He said, I ask you in, and I can't remember the exact time, but let's say um, February of 1918, if you had, a, what was your medical program to replace Obamacare? And you said it'd be coming in two or three days. 
then somebody else asked him, he named some other reporter who would ask him later than that. And he said, oh, it was coming in two or three days. He says, you don't have a program. In fact, you're in this three months ago, you went to the Supreme Court to kill o- Obamacare and um, it would just, it would take out pre-existing conditions. So, he, you know, but he told this lie. Mm-hmm. He, he just lies um, namby-famby, free will, anytime, every time, anyway. anyway. Well, something like medical uh, health care is an instance when I would like to believe that people would put their self-interest. You know, that's like basic humanity ahead of whatever emotions Donald Trump is playing. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like, so Donald well, Trump, well, so about- a cult. you know, there's a cult, a personality cult that he yeah. had in the 30 some percent, high 30s. And when he talked about how he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, yeah. and, and uh, they, 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 they would still follow him, he's, he's killed, he's, he's killed 200,000 people. More or less. I mean, he got blood on his hands from, from the way he's handled this coronavirus. And they don't care. They, they, what they're doing is coming up with excuses. For example, one of the excuses that they have to, to defend him is that the governors are responsible for the deaths. That if the Democratic governors like... Um, 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 Como, mm-hmm. if, if, if uh, you got all those deaths in New York because Como moved home. Yeah, the, we you, we momentary lost you. Hold on. Okay, yeah. now talk. Yeah, uh, Cuomo yeah. did what? Como moved senior citizens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, into around who had the who had the virus and and that's the reason we have these huge numbers um with the they 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 don't respond to the um trump allowing putin to put a bounty on our children and um they said nobody's proved it you know, now, there was this baseless uh, rumor about Obama being born in Kenya. Yeah. And they just, they, they, they grabbed that and ran with it just like that. But now we have top military people holding meetings uh, saying that Putin has a bounty on our folks and um, it doesn't bother them. Well, all right. I'm going to get now uh, shift to this, the three denials because okay. it just plays right off of what you're saying. Yeah. Because there's a consequence. You 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 just uh, pointed out there's a consequence. Two hundred thousand deaths are a consequence of Donald Trump's policies. Now I just have to say this before I go further. That I believe all of our elected officials dropped the ball to put it mildly with this pandemic at the outset. I could go through Pritzker. Lightfoot, Cuomo, all these Democrats, how they handle it. The difference between those Democrats and Trump is that when they saw the error of their ways, they reversed themselves. Right. When Donald Trump saw the errors of his ways, he doubled down. 
Right. And he's still double downing with these uh, rallies, these Petri dish rallies, which are just like begging, <laughs> please virus infect Republicans. It's very bizarre, uh, masochistic behavior by the Republican Party. So I understand that uh, there there's some legitimacy to criticizing the Cuomo's of the world for how they handled the pandemic in February and early March. Uh, that said, three denials and the impacts they have. Climate change denial. Right. We went to California and denied that there's such a, that man's, it has an impact on the environment. And as a result, we have things uh, like forest fires. Okay, yeah, but you know, what's really great about this is that he, knowing more than anybody else, of course, um, he says that we need to rake the bottom of the forest, that you have all these dead leaves and, and pine needles or what have you on the forest, and that's why it catches fires so easily, and that um, California needs to, to maintain its forest better than it is. Now, the reality, again, the facts are that the state of California only owns 3% of its forests, the forests and that's burning. Mm -hmm. um, private business has some um, single digit amount. The rest of it is owned by the federal government. So if it is in fact being mismanaged, and since he has in fact been the president of the United States for the past four years, then it's his fault that they're burning. But of course, the reality is that is climate change. Mm -hmm. Well, he's denying climate change, so it's uh, it's really hard for to 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 imagine a bipartisan attempt to come up with a solution to this if the official position of the Republican Party and Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and uh, Rush Limbaugh is that it's a hoax. So right. it's very difficult. This is what's beyond the election. Let's say you're right and Joe Biden is uh, victorious. Beyond the election, it's going to be very difficult to think of policies that oh, we no, can enact. No, 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 no. It's not. If we really, we, this is what I mean by we're going to do, we're going to get rid of Trump, but we have to beat Trumpism, mm. which is a lot of this denial and hoax. But we have to do is have such a, a margin of victory where we have a mandate, and then. And, and I can see this happening for sure. Um, Joe Biden becomes Franklin Delano Roosevelt, where he makes sweeping changes. And we've, we, we, we get all this stuff because we got the Congress, we got the Senate, we got the White House, we got the mandate. And Americans are ready for a change. I mean, to, to the extent of uh, Trump is trying to do his... Um, this whole law and order scare scare the white people in the suburbs. Yeah, is that your phone? Yeah, it is. This no. is um, the editor of um, the tribe calling me. You better get that story in. All right, okay. Anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, so... <laughs> 
with a large with a large victory, mm-hmm. then we we're gonna have the, the 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 people in the suburbs, the 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 the, the, the housewives in the suburbs, as as, as Trump called them, yeah, are ready for a change. They 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 support Black Lives Matter. Uh, there's, there's some that are bothered by the the the, um, the violent protests that, that have occurred, but it's nothing like it was even 15 years ago. Well, all right, that brings me to my second uh, denial uh, theme in in Trumpism, right. uh, and this one is uh, for many reasons I find it very triggering for me. Slavery denial. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. And the Trumpsters are rewriting our history about slavery. And it's so ironic that they're doing it, Monroe, because you just pointed out Trump's trying to win re-election by scaring housewives in Wisconsin, employing some of the oldest tropes that they used about white women being threatened by black people subconsciously, okay, doing that, while at the same time denying that those tropes exist, denying or rewriting that slavery existed, and being helped out to a certain degree uh, by prominent black politicians like Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina. And right. I don't know how you could come up, again, with bipartisan legislation to deal with our criminal justice challenges, to put it mildly, right. if one party denies that we even have race relations, denies that, like, slavery it's well, it may have existed, but it wasn't as bad as you say it was. Okay, now who was that who was, who wrongly accused me of being wrong all the time on your Adolfo, show? Adolfo, Mondragon, <laughs> Elder, yeah, yeah, Adolfo. Just remember the name Adolfo, yeah. Adolfo, I remember Adolfo, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give Adolfo a little more, a little more to work with. Go ahead. I'm predicting that there will be no Republican Party uh, by, by, by the time the, uh, the next election will come out. I mean, a, a major party, you know, there'll be something. But the Republicans are going to go the, the way of the weeks because they've done so much damage and all the people involved in it are not going to be able to escape the damage they've done. Um, and so we're going to have a new party. You know, it's, it's going to be a conservative party. It may be a Lincoln Project. They may call themselves that. They may become the party, the Lincoln Project, which is the, the um, prodigal Republicans right now. Well, I, I, I have a hard time buying that theory, uh, that prediction, yeah. because, again, you point out 35%. That's a... Uh, We'll just say thirty-five to forty yeah. percent of the of people who vote Republican yeah. uh, believe wholeheartedly whatever Trump tells them. Right. It just doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter if what it contradicts what he said the day before. Uh, and yeah, and then there's a, yeah, but 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 this is the yeah. thing: if he is soundly beaten in fifty days or so mm-hmm. in the November thirty election, soundly beaten embarrassingly beaten and then 
um, the next administration coming in will point out all the horrors that he's done, obvious ones and those that we don't even know about. A lot of those people, not all of them, but a lot of those people will deny even having voted for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the pretty effing thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what happened with yeah. You're right. That's a valid point. Yeah, right. you're... I, I'm, I'm going to steal that and write a column about it and not give you any credit. Uh, but that's, uh, but you're absolutely correct. And I will give you credit, but because what happened in Harold Washington in 1983, all the white people in Chicago or most, many of them, most of the overall majority voted for Bernie Epton. Then they got embarrassed by it. Uh, and they, well, you know, like kind of like Harold, they still couldn't quite vote for him in the 87 reelection. And then what they did, they got a, a watered down white, person candidate and Richard M. Daly and they flock to him the savior he's going to save our city so what you're saying is essentially it's going to happen with the Republicans they're going to come up with a watered down version of Donald Trump who knows enough let's say uh, to give a speech on Martin Luther King's birthday and not ignore it right that kind of thing and now Tom Cotton or somebody like that. Oh, he's out of his mind. He's going to have to do a lot of cleanup. Tom Cotton, I follow no, that guy. No, no, that's the problem they have. No, he's serious. Though, but the problem, well, then actually, um, God, the um, you can't think of one right now because they yeah, they sold their soul to Trump. The governor, the governor um, from uh, Ohio, or you talk about Larry Hogan from Maryland, or uh, no, no, I'm not talking about Hogan, but he will work too. I'm talking about the one who who they featured at the Democratic National John Kasich. He's like yeah. 90 years old. All right, uh, I get your point. They're gonna yeah, have to yeah. they're gonna have to find their own Richard M. Daly. Somebody yeah. can like they could pass off as being logical and not a racist. You know, yeah. that's what the Dems did with Richard. That's what Chicago did with Richard M. Daly. And you know this because you were you were working for Eugene Sawyer. Right. They denigrated Sawyer Evans Washington, got white people so scared about a black person in charge, and then Daly's going to rescue. We still see that, Monroe. We still see that in the newspapers. Daly saved our public school system. We, thank you, Mayor Daly. So that's what, is that what you're saying the Republicans are going to do? They're gonna, that, that's, that's what they're, they're, they're going to try to do. What I, if Biden and this is this is part of my prediction is that if Biden if if we get the big numbers that I think we're going to get, mm-hmm. then Biden will have a, a chance to 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 come up with all these really uh, radical liberal programs to correct where things have gone, what has happened it's during those four years with Trump. And the previous years when the Republicans were um, being Republicans, as we now know them, just being um, anti-worker, anti-union, anti-minority, anti-women, you name it. And so we're going to get a, a true infrastructure program to put people back to work and in jobs where they can make money. Um, A lot can be done. We can get um, Medicaid for all. We'll get that. 
we'll, we'll get a lot of things that were not dreamed of. Well, eight, eight years ago. I hope you are right. In other words, uh, from the embers of this disastrous forest fire, right. a tree will grow. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what you're predicting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to write a column about this, and I'm only kidding. I will give you full credit for it. That's why when it, it's wrong, I can blame you. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get too dedicated to this theory. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to. I want you to know uh, to identify the great outrage of the week. My candidate, uh, Trump outrage of the week, is uh, Michael R. Caputo, uh, who's the spokesperson for the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, who uh, was talking about a hit squad. God, the Republicans have lost their freaking minds. Republic hit squad of radicals that are going to attack our our country should uh, Trump not win. Uh, is that the outrage of the week from uh, the Trump cult, Monroe? No, uh, Don Wooden, um, whistleblower. She's 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 the outrage. The IC she was an ICE detention center nurse. Mm-hmm. And she blew the whistle. They have this doctor. I can't remember his name right now. I'm blocking on his name. But he has been um, giving women, um, cutting their uteruses. Mm -hmm. Hysterectomies. Hysterectomies, yeah. He's been giving um, immigrant women who have been in ICE custody hysterectomies. They call him the uterus collector. He's been so um, bad about it. And it's just broken. The story broke yesterday. Well, uh, if worse than what, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's genocide, basically. But it's, I uh, think I think you did uh, Trump Caputo with that one. You're absolutely that's the biggest outrage of the week. And I but Dr. It, Amin, that's his name. Yeah, what's Amin. that? Dr. Amin, A-M-I-N. And he's, uh, I think he's Indian. He's, uh, he has an Indian first name. Uh, all right. We'll close with this question. Another prediction from you. Do you think that uh, Donald Trump's proclamation of triumph in, uh, quote, unquote, getting the Big Ten to reverse itself and have football this fall will lead to a Donald Trump victory in the states of Michigan, Ohio, and Wisconsin? Go, Monroe. No, no, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, you hear that, Adolfo? He's not backing off. Right, right. No, no. Mich- Michigan is Michigan is the only one where you, you can flip a coin on. The others are like lost. He's not getting them. I actually think uh, Ohio, you think he's Ohio. Biden's gonna win Ohio. Biden's gonna win Ohio. Oh my god. <laughs> Biden's gonna win Ohio. All right. Are you still do you still think Trump's gonna win? Uh, Biden's gonna win Alabama. Uh, we'll have to see what, um, when 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 the rain has stopped. <laughs> oh, there's a hurricane coming. It's nothing like a good good uh, hurricane lashing to to make you come to your city. If unless Trump handles that something approaching correctly, then well, can- I presume he'll care about it because it's a red state. As opposed to uh, California, he couldn't care yeah, less he's about. He's, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a confident, even when he cares about something. Tell me something that he's done competently as president in the past four years. Well, the one thing 
his one act of incompetence, and I have the word incompetence in quotes because I'm not putting a value judgment on this, but his directive when he came into office was to use the powers of the presidency to get the wealthiest people in this country a tax break. And so he was, quote unquote, competent in that endeavor when he got uh, the House and the Senate to approve his tax cut in 2017. So I have the word competence. I mean, is the Congress doing that, not him. Well, he didn't even know the details to what the deals were. I act, well, he may not know the details of the deal, but he knows that it, how much money it saved him on taxes. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, right. But they did. You no, know, it's the same with the judges. This has been a passion of McConnell's to load mm-hmm. back the courts. And McCabe hung around even when he could stand to look at, at, at Trump in the morning <laughs> well, longer than he should have because that was his mission. Just as, you know, I mean, these guys, these are horrible people, but they, they have these pet projects that that Trump did for them. You know, um, um, the, the other attorney general, Beauregard. <laughs> Sessions. How soon? What a sucker. Oh, my God. Right. He wanted his, 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 what, his pet mission, what he wanted to do, was to turn back civil rights yeah. every which way he could. And so he withstood all of the, the punishment that Trump put on him and name calling, et cetera, so he could do that. So um, the things that got done were done by others, not Trump. Mm. Trump is totally incompetent. All right, well. Leak. Uh, I'll let you go with that one. I'll let you have the last say on that one. Uh, and uh, I was also, I know you have to get back to that editor who's bugging you about a, a deadline. Monroe Anderson, the legendary Chicago journalist, every Wednesday in the Ben Jarofsky show. Monroe, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. All right. That's the great Monroe Anderson, uh, Adolfo Mondragon. He just threw it right back at you. He said, I stand by every single one of those predictions and I'm making some more. And Adolfo's like, whoa. Man, it's like wrestling on the Ben Jarofsky show. Adolfo versus Monroe. Showdown SmackDown. Oh. Anyway, D, what you got for me before we head out the door? Any updates? Uh, yeah, we got a few updates. Uh, I do have Adolfo Mondragon's response, but it has so many curse words. I'm just not going <laughs> to read it. Oh, man, man, come on. Can we give a shout out to Adolfo on yesterday's interview? He, I think he went 30 minutes or something like that before he dropped the F-bomb. He did really a, well. He did. Re- Proudy. Proud of you, El Dragon. Very proud of you. All right, we do have some updates here. And if you're having trouble keeping up with all the Illinois corruption stories, don't worry. So is everyone else. Turns out there's a ton of it. But we do have an Illinois corruption update. And this one isn't about Madigan Gate or Ed Burke Gate or Sandoval Gate or Harmon Gate or Solis Gate. This one is about Terry Link Gate. Oh, what happened with Terry Lake, the state senator from Waukegan? The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and one John Seidel, former Illinois senator. Terry Link once denied having his name on the Fed's roster of public corruption cooperators. But there's no doubt his name is there now after he pleaded guilty. Wednesday to filing a false income tax return Uh, in an 18 page plea agreement. Link agreed to quote fully and truthfully cooperate in any matter in which he is called upon by the feds. And if he keeps good on his promise, the feds say they will recommend a sentence 
of probation. All right. Well, you don't get in trouble uh, for fibbing to reporters, obviously. Right. Uh, I, I watered it down a little bit. I remember I remember when he made the denial. And, you know, you and I were so dutiful. Well, you know, you would you would read the news about Terry Link. And I go, well, Dennis, you know, he uh, just for the record, he's uh, denied that he uh, was wearing the wire. Just throwing that out there. And uh, then, of course, she would. <laughs> Do you believe John Cullerton uh, stepped down to spend more time with his grandchildren? Yes, I do. OK, when a politician says something, I believe everything they say. How about that, D? Uh, <laughs> that is completely false. I, I can't even get the words out. You know what? Some, someone should just take that part. And then, they, like, if I ever run for office, Ben Jurofsky believes whatever they say. And then they'll quote that part. I've been begging these right-wingers to start, you know, ripping our show, D, to help build the uh, ratings. But so far, no dice. I think what will have to happen is I'll have to run for Congress. And oh, then. There we go. <laughs> there we go. No, you. You'll have to run for Congress. Oh, me? Congressional, yeah. Oh, you. you. The name of the show is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Why should I run? Because, uh, good point. <laughs> you know, don't really have a response for that one, D. Well, good point. But please don't run because as soon as you get in, you're going to have some uh, some political people, some uh, PR people go, hey, get rid of the bald douchebag, would you? <laughs> and then I'm long gone. Uh. Uh, PR, PR people, whatever. Anyway, so uh, any other updates besides Jerry Linkate? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, ben, you told me to quote, give you the ball on this one before today's show. So the ball is going to be passed to you in a second. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and oh. Tommy, yeah. two joints, find him in the boys room, smoking <laughs> Shuba. The oh, headline reads, story. clouded mix of insiders, others oh. tied to state politics behind social equity pot bid. Yes, nothing gets Ben Jaromsky's goat more than a, a reefer story in Illinois. Uh, the story reads, a famed restaurateur, an ex-Chicago police commander, a longtime Republican Party operative, a former Chicago Transit Authority official, a cannabis industry insider related to a former state lawmaker, a former director of the state agency that oversees weed dispensaries. What do they all have in common they're working together for green renaissance illinois a budding firm that was recently named a finalist in the state lottery for the next round of pot shop licenses ben jarofsky the ball is yours well first of all uh outstanding job tom shuba again uh tommy you are on a roll i urge everybody to check this story out uh <laughs> This is just such a favorite topic of mine. And we bring on guests to talk about uh, how the state uh, fumbled uh, this opening round of uh, dis, uh, dispensing. I was trying to make a, a pun, but uh, handing out licenses to run dispensaries. Uh, it's supposed to go to social equity applicants. It's supposed to go to people who were hit hardest uh, by the war on drugs. And instead, as uh, Tom Shuba has been pointing out, and many of our guests have been pointing out, uh, it's all these well-connected white people, and it's just a freaking travesty. Uh, and the state should put a halt to it right now. It should not go to the next step, which would be a lottery. Uh, they should just take a look at where they are and maybe 
have a second round because this is ridiculous. This entity, what what Tom did was he took the deep dive uh, and the people who uh, have a stake in this one firm, all these well-connected white people who had never took a stand in any way back in the day to fight for the legalization of reefer and were never in any way uh, hurt uh, by the war on drugs. And there they've got they got they have the right to up to 10 stores uh, because this this crazy system where you can submit multiple applications. I don't know why the state decided that was a good idea. And uh, the licenses could be worth up to 30, 133 million. Now, this is something to be outraged over. There you go. A little phony outrage that we began the show. Hit the table. Hit the table, Ben. I'm outraged. Yeah. I'm an editorial writer, and I'm outraged. That's 11 table about, bangs, guys. No, 12. You forgot one. Why? And I'm outraged. But this is something to be outraged about. So I'm looking for the Tribune to be outraged. They, they can, you know what? They'll be outraged by this because they can criticize Pritzker. Okay, overlooking the fact that Donnie Trump, by the way, uh, marijuana is still illegal on the federal level. Uh, my advice to Trump, you want to win this election? Endorse the legalization of marijuana at the federal level. I think you might win the election, then, D. Anyway, Tom Shuba, great job. I'd reach out to you, bring you on the show, but you're so freaking busy. I know. Ben, I'm busy. busy. Come on. (laughs) Come on, Ben. He's a hardworking journalist. He does a great job. Young Tom Shuba. Old Tommy Two Joints. No one's working harder than him. All right, and uh, we do have one more update to provide for all of you. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker did give his Illinois COVID-19 update today. Uh, We only have one piece of audio here from today's press conference. And the audio reads here, Pritzker is not backing down on his stance on contact sports. Here's some audio. Well, contact sport itself provides an easy way on the field for the virus to spread. Oh, by the way, this is uh, one of these doctors, all right? And I think Pritzker comes in the clip later. Well, contact sport itself provides an easy way on the field for the virus to spread. It is also incredibly important to remember that there are many off-the-field activities that are associated with contact sports, such as athletes using locker rooms, working out in gyms, and traveling together that provide a perfect storm of conditions to enable the virus to spread quickly. But wait, there's more! While parents might choose to send their children out onto the playing field, I can tell you that someone else who becomes ill because of that decision wouldn't call that your personal choice. So there you are. A little update there from uh, Pritzker's COVID-19 update. Yeah, well, uh, JB, I'm with you from a health standpoint. I support you on that. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of football fans, we discussed this already, are outraged. They're outraged. Uh, football. We want to play football. My son's chance to score a touchdown. I live for that moment. Don't deny me that moment. Read Rick Morrissey, ladies and gentlemen. His column a couple of weeks ago told it like it is about football parents. Uh, well, not just in Chicago, the state of Illinois, but everywhere. Great job, Rick. Sometimes, man, that editorial today was a little wimpy, but. Tom Shuba, Rick Morrissey, outstanding job. Uh, can't uh, sing your praises enough. So anyway, stand tough, JB. I give you credit for doing that. I wouldn't be surprised if you back. Well, wait, they're going to have football in the spring. What are you guys crying about? You're going to have your football in the spring, right, D? 
Right. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have a vaccine. I'll be good. I'll be good. Pritzker will make a good offensive tackle. Even he, you know, I bet he's into some football. Even he's going, all right, guys, let's chill out. All right. Uh, <laughs> make sure to follow us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. If you send us an email, please leave your name and where you're from. Uh, you have a better chance of getting it on the air. And I don't know, it's just helpful, you know? So put your name and where you're from. Uh, when you send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And we have a phone number. You can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Will we answer? No. But you can leave <laughs> us a voicemail, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. And shout out to Brianna on the live stream chat. RIP Ben's Table. <laughs> I'm going to be really nice and gentle from now on to the table, Brianna. All right. Anyway, I want to thank Monroe Anderson. Another great job every Wednesday in the Ben Jarowski show. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as J.B. Pritzker and Donald Trump can tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. Doobie. Keep yourself a raise. Take it out. Betty Cash. See you tomorrow, everyone. And hey, be on the lookout for tonight's download. It's a city council synopsis with our good friend, Mr. Bike, David Glowatz. Find out what went down on the last city council meeting. Provides great audio. It's an excellent segment. It'll be available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Then you gotta put your nose to the grindstone. Then you gotta put your nose to the grindstone. You gotta work hard. You've gotta earn the respect of your colleagues. You have to put in the time back home and in Washington to get results. That's what Rodney does. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.